Psalm 86. A prayer of David, incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you, for you answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart. And I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, insolent men have risen up against me. A band of ruthless men seeks my life. And they do not set you before them. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign of your favor that those who hate me may see and be put to shame. Because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Well, like I said, this is a model prayer. It's a prayer that we can learn from. David begins by praying. And really what I want to just say for a moment, and I'll I'll come back to this at the end of our meditation one of the things that might be helpful for us to remember is that this is this is Christ's this is the Lord Jesus prayer. This is the prayer that this is the kind of prayer Christ prayed in the days of his flesh, in the days of his suffering and his ministry on this earth. So it is a prayer of David, but it's really pointing us to Christ and we pray this. Yes, we pray it. We pray it in Christ. But having said that, we can break the psalm into three sections. First of all, verse 1 through 7, essentially uh, we could break this into, hear me, O Lord. That's the request that he's making. The, psal- the psalmist is simply enjoying the liberty that he has to ex- access his father's throne with confidence. And it's amazing to see this. And I think it's something, something important for us to remember as believers is that we come before the Lord and, and we simply come before him because we're his children. <laughs> we come before him because we have that liberty, because we love him. And we enjoy the idea that he hears our prayer. This is a, te- a, a teaching of the gospel in the New Testament, that the Lord hears our prayers. And so here he begins. He begins the psalm simply with, hear me. Here I am, Lord. Help me. Incline your ear, O Lord. Answer me. Why? Why? Because I'm needy, for I am poor and needy. And, and really what David is falling back on here is, that, is what he knows about God's character, the goodness of God, that God has revealed himself in the scriptures in multiple places as a God who cares for the poor and the needy, who hears the cry of the fatherless, who hears the cry of the widow, who saves the afflicted. He hears the cry of the afflicted. Maybe he's thinking about Israel and Egypt and how God heard their plea and heard their cry and their moaning even. And so he comes to the Lord and he says, Lord, hear me because I need you. 
I need you. I am poor and I am needy. He goes on, verse 2, Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Now the emphasis here then that David is making, he's not claiming to be perfect. When he says, I'm holy or I'm godly, what he's reminding God of is that he's the Lord's. He belongs to the Lord. It's like a New Testament Christian coming to the Lord and saying, hear me because I belong to you, Lord. I'm one of your saints. I'm godly. I'm your servant. I trust in you. Oh, Lord, hear me because you are my God. And that's not David claiming the Lord. That's David claiming the covenant promises where God says, I am the Lord, your God. And he's coming to the Lord because he knows that God is his God and has committed himself to him. He's in many ways simply delighting in his approach to God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. The idea being I cry to no other. I cry to you. You are the one that I look to for help. You are the one who, who possesses me, who owns me. You are, I am your servant. I cry to you. I call out to you. I call out to no other. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. It's sort of the same idea. I'm coming to you, Lord. It's you that I trust in. It's you that I hope in. It's you that I look to when I'm in trouble. For you, Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. He asked the Lord to hear him on the basis of God's own character, on God's promises. He comes to the Lord and he remembers who God is in mercy and the promises that God has given us in the gospel that he hears those who call upon him. And so he approaches the Lord. A third of his psalm is simply approaching the Lord. That's He's taking his time to express this to the Lord. That's one of the things I want you to see. It's a model prayer. It's something that we could learn to imitate in our own lives, in our own prayer. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace in the day of my trouble. I call upon you, for you answer me. <laughs> And this is ultimately the confidence that David has, is that the Lord does hear him, and he knows that God will answer him. He trusts the Lord. The Lord will hear his needs. The Lord will gladden him. The Lord will answer him. So he simply begins his prayer by approaching God, and he's full of faith and hope and delight in doing this. And then he turns his attention. He has yet to get to his prayer request. He turns his attention now to simply praising the Lord. And he spends another third of this psalm simply declaring his praise of the Lord. In some sense, what David is doing here is he's stepping back from his particular need, his particular trouble, and he's filling his mind with the knowledge of the glory of God and the truth of the gospel and the the good news of the coming of the kingdom. And he's praising the Lord. He's spending time in prayer simply praising the Lord. So this is what he says in verse 8. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like your works. He's simply praising the Lord. And here specifically he's thinking about the uniqueness of God, the, the one and onlyness of God, that there is no other beside him, and there's no one like him, and no one compares to him. He's praising his God. He's expressing his love for his God. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. He turns his attention to the coming of the kingdom. He's thinking about the end of the age. He's thinking about the ultimate purpose that God has on this world, to bring glory to his own name. 
and to spread that glory to the nations. He's thinking about the coming of the kingdom. All nations that you have made, when this is all said and done, David is saying, will worship you and glorify your name. He's longing for that day. For you are great and you do wondrous things. You alone are God. Again, just expressing his praise. Who is like you? Verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. This really is still praise because what David is expressing is his desire to be like his God. Teach me your ways. Let me be gracious like you're gracious, compassionate like you're compassionate. Let me hear the cry of the poor like you hear the cry of the poor. Show me your ways. Unite my heart. Make me single-minded in my devotion to you. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. Again, he's praising the Lord for his hope. He's thinking about heaven. He's remembering that he will be in the presence of God forever and ever. So he gives thanks to God now, and he expresses his praise now, because he knows that he will give praise to God and glorify him forever and ever. As many days as you can imagine will be filled with praise to God's name. He has eternal life. Verse 13, similar idea. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. He's remembering his justification, to put it in New Testament terms. He's been delivered from death. He's been delivered from condemnation. And so he just spends most of his time in this prayer approaching the Lord and praising the Lord. Now he gets to his request. Now we get to help me, O Lord. (laughs) Help me. O God, insolent men have risen up against me. Sinful men. A band of ruthless men seeks my life, and they do not set you before them. He's praying out and crying out to God. I live in a fallen world. I live in a world tainted with sin. I live in a world that is under the heavy dominion of sin, and I'm afflicted because of it. These sinful men all around me are seeking my life. But you, O Lord, are God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. He takes refuge in the midst of his distress in the character of God. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the son of your maidservant. He's praying the prayer that we've all prayed a million times. Lord, strengthen me in my distress. And if it's your will, deliver me from it. Show me a sign of your favor, he says in verse 17. A token of these glorious truths that I've already recounted, that those who hate me may see and be put to shame, because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. He's praying for strength in his distress. He's praying for ultimate deliverance. And then just just to note before we go to prayer, this prayer is Christ's prayer. It's the Lord Jesus' prayer. It's the kind of prayer that he prayed in the days of his affliction. Jesus Christ is the one who has free access to the Father because he is the Son who is well-pleasing in the Father's eyes. And we are united to Christ, and so we have access to the Father. And Jesus Christ is the one who has known the Father before all worlds, from, from eternity, the praise of the Father, who knows him like no other knows him, and has loved him and worshipped him and glorified him from all eternity together with him, in the glory that's been communicated to him from the Father from all eternity. And we're united to Christ, and so we share in his knowledge and his praise of the Father. And Jesus, in the days of his temptations and sufferings 
as he approached the cross, is the one who relied upon his God's help and looked to him for strength and endurance of the cross and deliverance from death and the grave and the wickedness of men in this world. And God heard him and showed him a sign of his favor by raising him from the dead. And so in Jesus Christ, this becomes our prayer in the midst of our difficulties and our affliction.